Hi, I'm Jenny Copeland. And I'm Valerie Sweeney. And we're co-authors of Drive Through Success. Three simple steps to creating a life of happiness and fulfilment. Welcome to our podcast. So good morning, everybody. It's week eight of the Drive Through Success podcast. And this week's theme is Secrets of Success number eight, which is... Um, would I rather be right than happy? I think I've spent much of my life struggling with this one or, or working around this one because uh, it's it's a habit, it's a way of life, it's a philosophy that's not necessarily, it's easy to understand, not all necessarily easy to master. With me today is Vari. Hello. Hello. And um, I've, I was kind of just in preparation for this, thinking about Vari and I. And we were a bit like the yin, yin, yin and yang of personal development. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure who's yin and who's yang. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd definitely say you're yang. Am I yang? Is that more male energy? Yeah, yeah. And the yin, I think, is the female energy. Yin is definitely the relaxed energy, the well, stillness. You're certainly the yin. <laughs> so I'm your yang to your yin. So... Topic and theme is, uh, would I rather be right than happy? And we've, as usual, we've not rehearsed anything. We've we come to this conversation uh, knowing what we know, but not knowing where it's going to take us in terms of um, ideas and thoughts that come up. However, um, just I suppose in readiness, there was a, there was a post on Facebook this morning um, from a, a page that I follow. And uh, it rather nicely threw up the difference between uh, ego and self, uh, soul. So kind of false self, ego, and true self, soul. And I think, I think the the fight of right and happy is a it's probably a good starting point. You know, it's the difference between the ego wanting to be right mm. and prove itself and feel justified and validated and and have a voice. I guess versus the soul. Uh, wanting to be, I'm trying to think of the right word there, wanting to be calm and in balance and not peaceful. needing to prove it. Yeah, peaceful, not needing to prove itself. Yeah, the soul doesn't. Uh-huh. The, the, your true self doesn't. So let's let's dig, let's dig into that and, and start to unearth what that's about then, because I think that's probably what's helpful for ourselves and the listeners. So from a coaching point of view, um, and, I, and I guess it's, you know, we think about, uh, ego, soul. Maybe we're thinking about um, the head and the heart, the yin and the yang. You know, the 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 male energy, the dominant, the I need to be, I want to be, mm-hmm. versus the female, the nurturing. It's like it it doesn't matter. It's not important. Mm-hmm. Um, harmony versus conflict. Yeah. Any thoughts from the the yoga aspect of all of this? It is very yogic, I suppose. Uh, the the philosophy philosophies in yoga and Buddhism meditation are all about um, understanding what the ego is and um, not as people might think getting rid of the ego uh, there is no getting rid of the ego for a start you need to accept that but also the ego is um, it has a purpose uh, we wouldn't survive as human beings if we didn't have an ego um, so it's more about um, making friends with it or you know sitting with it understanding it understanding what uh, um, what it allows you to do um, and in lots of ways when your 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 ego is present or when it's 
out uh, when you're in, you know, relationships or discussions with people, it can further things along. Um, it, it gives you... Um, it can make you take action when you wouldn't otherwise take action. And of course, you know, as human beings, we're having this experience and we should be learning, we should be growing. Um, I read a quote today that I quite liked that was uh, something along the lines of um, life is an experiment or a series of experiments. So I think without your ego, you wouldn't be experimental. So you wouldn't maybe... Um, react to things and find out what happens when you do that or you wouldn't you know have a controversial opinion and, and say something and I think that's the other thing is is people assume um, that if if you are you know if you do follow yoga philosophy or buddhism that um, you just don't have an opinion about anything that you just sit quiet and peaceful and accept everything and it's absolutely not about that at all um if you do know any yoga teachers, you'll know that they have opinions mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're quite willing to um, say what they are. But it's more about how you put that opinion um, and how um, how you react to the fact that other people might not agree with you. And uh, I think that is definitely something that I'd struggled with before. Um, as I say in the book, I do talk about, I like to talk about religion, philosophy, politics, but most of the time, if you're talking about those things, you you want to be right, or you know, without without any kind of self awareness, you want to be right. So those types of conversations and discussions can always end up quite heated. Uh, I certainly always used to feel that way, emotional, heated about it, because it's it's about your world view, and and it's quite difficult when someone has a completely different world view because your ego wants to be right, but actually. The more you think about it, the more you understand what is right. You know, in terms of politics, yeah, I remember sitting having a conversation with a guy who stays not far away from me, and at the, you know it was after I have been you know knowing a lot more about yoga philosophy, done the drive through success principles, that I actually thought this is this is actually quite you know it's so interesting. This guy has grown up five miles away from me or whatever. And his whole world view is like the opposite of mine. But that is his world view. And who am I to say his world view is wrong? Yeah. So mine's is completely different, but I don't know that mine's is right. Mm -hmm. And actually, maybe both are right because depending on your perspective, that is how you experience life. So it's just a different experience of, of, of life. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, what I do like to do and what I do uh, I'm working on as I say in the book as well is to be able to express opinions and to have conversations without it turning into an argument or without you being obsessed with being right and therefore it's not enjoyable and, and the two of you don't get much out of it other than at the end of the day you feel kind of you always feel a bit disappointed and deflated if the other person hasn't taken on your mm. your view. But that never happens. If someone has a really conflicting political or religious view, they're always they're 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 pretty much they've established that. Mm. So it's I think I think that's I think you'll probably hit the nail on the head in terms of my inner talk and dialogue as to where I 
do trip myself up on this and apologies if, if you're picking up some background no- noise um Rory the dog's just come in from a short walk and he's <laughs> a bit excited and running around feverishly so they may he may decide to join us at some point um but I think for me I think I think when you were saying there about um I, I guess it is about not wanting to assert a view on people yeah but knowing that you have opinions knowing that you have views respecting so when you were talking there what was coming up for me was this thing around operating from a place of confidence and compassion mm-hmm. so confidence that i i have a current truth yeah and i and i use that word you know so my my truth is my truth now mm-hmm. based on what i know based on my reflections based on my experiences but something could happen in five minutes' time yeah. and completely shift that truth yeah. because there'll be new data, new information. Um, I, mean, I mean, dare I say it, it's going to be really controversial, but I grew up believing that bank managers, that teachers and that the police were, and that, and that the church, the priests, were all members of society who were beyond reproach who you absolutely deferred to and they were beyond um, wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of randomly, this is a conversation, so this isn't prepared. <laughs> I've randomly picked those four professions. And and I do think, I'll start with teachers. You know, I do think teachers are getting a really hard rap at the moment because, because parents are fundamentally falling on the rights of the child first. Mm-hmm. Many, many parents before giving the teachers the benefit of the doubt. And, mm-hmm. I th- and I think that we've got the balance wrong on that one. I'm quite supportive of teachers. I, I think they do a fabulous job. They're not all perfect, but on yeah. the whole, I think there's an, an awful lot of good, well-meaning teachers. Yeah. And I, and I guess it's probably fair to say you could say that about all these professions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we know what's happened in the banking industry. And we know that, you know, when I was growing up... Um, the bank manager assisted you in making a financial decision and, and often protected you from yourself and mm-hmm. said, you know, I don't think you can afford this. Whereas we know that the whole banking industry has now been predicated on achieving sales targets and mm-hmm. selling products, whether or not people could afford them and, and irregardless of the impact that, that that would have on people's lives yeah. when they couldn't afford them. Um, so that's one profession that, in my opinion, has really fallen off its pedestal. Mm-hmm. We, know, we know what's happened... Uh, in many countries with sadly many priests and that's that's another area that's kind of fallen off off the precipice and and I had a personal experience where I was always extremely trusting and supportive of our police service and then I found myself on the receiving end of it and it was the most traumatic experience that literally you know at at one minute to 12, I was a, a great supporter of the police force. And at one minute past 12, I, I know that the police can be um, incapable, incompetent, and I'd go as far as to say divisive. So our experience and our truth can shift and change yeah. in a nanosecond based on you know, what's happening either to us or to society on the whole. Mm-hmm. But I guess in all of that, you know, so 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 you have a choice. Do you go through life um, miserable and condemning all of these things because it's the world that we operate in, or do do you somehow find 
uh, a space of, or for me, I think it's about compassion. It's compassion for self and compassion for others. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it links to, you know, what you put your focus on is what you get. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's bad in everything, but maybe we, should, you know, we, so, so I think we have to try and fight that. I think we have to make, try and make a difference in that because I don't think you can be passive about it. No, it's not about being passive. Yeah. And also, um, it's, it's a bit about letting go of your need to be, of your need to be right all the time. And that is where, like you were saying, you know, your experiences change your idea of things. So it's about not clinging to a certain truth or clinging to a certain, um, even if it's a religious ideal or a political ideal, you know, on a, on a, you know, on a national, international world sense, you know, the likes of what's happening now with um, sexual harassment, women, um, equality. I think it's okay to say that at one point, these things were accepted. Mm-hmm. Now yeah, they're not. as opposed to acceptable, they were accepted. They were accepted, yeah. yes. You could argue, you could, and it's not about arguing whether they were right at the time or not. It's about saying at one point, society accepted these things. Yeah. Now we know better, so we do better. Society accepted children going up chimneys yeah. when they were five years old. Child, yeah, yeah, child labour, slave labour. You know, at one point, slavery was accepted. Yeah. We know that's, that's, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to say at one point, that was accepted. Mm-hmm. Now it's not. So it's it's about not clinging to something. And I think that's where a lot of people are put off by religion, including me, is clinging to a set mm-hmm. of principles or a book or written word about about society at a certain time thousands of years ago. Let's go back to let's go back to what you were saying there though <laughs> about because um, I think I think it goes to the heart of <clears throat> and I think it's a very live and current example of the whole Me Too uh, movement, for want, you know, for want of a better word, because because I'm on a journey on the Me Too thing because mm-hmm. I think I grew up in a time where um, many things were the norm and therefore were accepted. Yeah. And and I've had to really challenge my. I've, I've never been an ex, uh, sort of an extreme feminist. Um, and I think that is the yang, funnily enough. I think that's yeah. the male energy that kind of um, plays out there. But in in conversations now, and I think it's a really good one, you know, that would be a really good one around, I'd rather be right than happy. So maybe that's one where actually I'd rather be... Um... Blissfully ignorant. <laughs> well, no, I was actually going to say, it, there probably are things that, that are in, important enough that you're willing to stand up and be unpopular for mm-hmm. and therefore unlikely to be happy yeah because and maybe that's kind of a maybe that's the the the, the friction edge in all of this is mm. is when it's important enough when it's for the greater good yeah or, or even you know if you're as a mother if you're defending your children you know maybe there are some things that actually you're just willing to stand up and and need to be need to feel that you're right about to do the fight to do the right thing mm-hmm. knowing that the end result may result in disharmony, yeah, unhappiness. It may result in the termination of a relationship. Mm-hmm. But then, but there may be are something. So, so actually, would I rather? Be, so it's, it's. I guess it's good that it's a question as opposed to a statement. Yeah, yeah, because it, you know there are so many different scenarios where it's not clear. It's not always going to be clear yeah. what what is right and what is happy. Um, and I think you you know you're kind of now going down. The, the whole 
you're going on it in a deeper level than I think what I was thinking about to begin with. Uh huh. Um, Setting the dogs free. Let him He'd rather be uh, happy every time with you, darling. Yes. He doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. He no. just knows happy or otherwise. Yeah. Food or happy. So okay, you can you can go into a deeper level there. You know, I think what we were first talking about is you know being right in your opinion. But if you're talking about being right as in um, doing the right thing, then I think that's a different a different thing and a different conversation than than having to be right about something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I would argue that if you know something is the right thing to do, irrespective of the fact it's going to be difficult and cause you... <laughs> now, we get, now he's got the squeaky toy. Now he's got the squeaky toy. And it's going to cause you some amount of suffering, but if it's the right thing to do, I would argue that the suffering is more if you don't do the right thing in the end. Do you know what I'm saying? So if you know that something bad has happened or, you know, the right thing to do if some, somebody had had abused your child is not to ignore it. That's true. Because, yeah, temporarily, you know, for the short term, it might be easier. But in the long term, that's probably going to, you know, it's going to make you suffer a great deal and probably them as well. Yeah. But, you know, again, every, every incident... Every incidence is different, yeah. so it, it is it is one where it's not going to be easy to know every time what what is the right thing to do. Yeah. But I guess that's where you have to just listen to your your intuition and have that conversation with yourself about it. And I guess that's the thing that people are not always doing is having that conversation. So if there's a lack of a, a lack of self awareness, a lack of awareness of that concept you're not thinking about it at all and you just you're just obsessed with being right which yeah. a lot of people are interestingly enough in the corporate world we often now clearly we recruit for competency we recruit for iq but the the whole um eq emotional quotient emotional intelligence agenda is really really important I and mean, we now talk about looking for sort of 80 percent eq against sort of the 20% IQ. So we know that intelligence and being able to do the job and being able to sort of learn and develop is really important. But indeed, what's probably more important is that self-awareness piece and the ability to know when, you know, to work across the spectrum, to know when you need to be authoritative and decisive and step in when stepping in is required. But equally, knowing and being able to be reflective, observational, um, participate, collaborate, and to value other people's knowledge and views and contribution, and and really accepting this thing that, again, we're back to you know my version of the truth now in this moment, um, can be informed and. Um, increased when I spend more time being curious and listening mm-hmm. than I do being attached to my own view of what things are and how they should be and and asserting that yeah so it is it's interesting isn't it I think like the whole conversation and and I'm just really mindful of the fact that um puppy wants attention so <laughs> uh, and we have we have kind of been talking now for the best part of about 20 minutes so probably a good time to wrap this up mm-hmm. so so I think for me 
there's um, this this whole conversation has been about yin and yang. It's been about um, light and shade. It's it's about uh, ego and soul. But I think I think the interesting thing is where we've got to is that there's room and space for everything. I love the fact that you were saying there about you know we have an ego and we have to accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love the fact that we've got to this conclusion about it's a question. You know, would I rather be right than happy? Yeah. And acknowledging that actually sometimes it's not about being happy; it's about doing the right thing. Yeah. And yet, and yet, probably eighty twenty rule. You know, there are probably eighty percent of the time when I'm unhappy for no reason. It's because I'm being driven by the ego. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really where the chapter comes from. You know, it's that. Yeah. In in this moment, in this situation, would I rather exercise compassion, and and in the moment be accepting and calm rather than feeling I need to do or say the thing yeah and it and, it, and it's about knowing the consequences of being right yeah. sometimes yeah. sometimes the consequences of being right and making everybody else wrong yeah. is that you're unhappy and everybody else is unhappy yeah and that's when you need to question is your your need to yeah. be right more important than you and everybody else being happy so the antithesis of that is um and i guess i guess the two the two habits um one would be very much a yoga habit but the two habits uh that i would recommend would be hit the pause button yeah absolutely that's what i was thinking Uh hit the pause button and then the yoga one would be and breathe yeah and i guess attach that to this time too shall pass yeah so nothing's forever and in the moment What's what's the best and kindest thing I can do in the moment yeah. for me, for other people, and and I I kind of think um, so. My mum used to say, my my mum and auntie Pat used to say this saying, but it's very Irish. But little apples will grow again. Now hidden in there is a bit of karmic, <laughs> karmic threat almost. Um, and and my mum only ever used to say little apple, little apples will grow again. And I never really, I never understood the second part until um, my auntie Pat said it, which is, and I'll have an orchard full, which is the karmic bit. You know, what you give out, you get back tenfold. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess there is a, there is something in there around. For now, I'm willing to breathe, let go, hit the pause button, um, and choose, choose the gentler path of action. Mm-hmm than what could be the more decisive and maybe aggressive course of action, which is to express the ego. Mm-hmm. But knowing that if it's really important and I take time to reflect on it, then I can probably find a strategy to still have a voice and be heard um, and make the point, but mm-hmm. to do it in a way that where I get heard. Absolutely. Um, it, it, there's also a Brene Brown thing that she says in one of her books, which is, oh, I hope I can remember it, <laughs> Um, don't puff up don't shrink stand your sacred ground uh-huh. so it's it's like don't let the ego puff up yeah but don't shrink yeah but remember your true self and your true voice yeah lovely right on that note i'm going to say thank you very much Vari. thanks for taking time to come over no problem and thank you i've in, i've enjoyed that conversation and i hope the people that take time to listen enjoy it too rory's enjoyed it haven't you rory he's yeah. now got he's found another squeaky toy to annoy us <laughs> with so and maybe that. if you're practicing just ask the question mm-hmm. before you react 
Absolutely. And breathe. And breathe. Okay. Thanks a million. <laughs>